Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Just before we get going, I will put it to you that we are actually the Andy Good of rugby podcasts. I'm the I'm the Sir Charlie. <laughs> no, here's why we're the Andy Good of podcasts. We might not look good, but we get results. We don't, we don't Thanks. Have a, we don't have a shiny TV studio, marketing machine, TV or radio operation to advertise it, big names presenting on it. And yet, with your help listening and downloading, we are mixing it with the big boys. We're right up there in the podcast charts. So thank you for downloading the podcast on iTunes uh, or on Acast, subscribing on either one, uh, leaving us your reviews and also for following us on Twitter and whatnot, at Rugby Podcast. So now, let's get on with it. Hands in and pod on three. One, two, three. Odd. Right, we're in the rugby dungeon and we're ready for another Egg Chasers rugby podcast. I'm Tim. Phil is over there. Hi, Tim. That's JB. Hello, Tim. Phil, that's a lovely Canterbury throwback Lions jersey you've got on there. Do you like this? The, the classic Lions. I do. Uh, it's beautiful. I, and do you know what I love the most? It's the detailing on the shoulders. Oh, the, the little cross hatches. Exactly. They're, that makes all the difference. Yeah, the reinforced shoulders. In fact, for I when like, I put in those big hits. I liked it so, <laughs> <laughs> I liked it so much. If I had a team, if if I owned a team, they'd only be allowed to wear old, baggy, <laughs> cotton rugby tops. Right, right, quick, before we get into it, because we're going to be previewing the Six Nations, we're going to be looking back on a big weekend in the Pro 12 and the Premiership and everything else that's been going on in the world of rugby. Super Rugby's on the way and there's loads of other stuff going on. So, a quick game of Who Am I? So, Ooh. Phil versus JB and play along as well. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a Wikipedia page description of a, of a rugby player. If you buzz in with a, and say an answer... And you get it wrong, you're out. You can't answer until the other person has. Oh, guess. okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's good. So you give away control. So, I am a retired rugby player. I played both rugby union and rugby league codes. Okay. A goal kicking backline player who has played rugby in England, Australia, and Wales. Yeston Harris. It's not Yeston Harris. Ooh. So you've got control now, JB. I have since become oh, I know who it a is. television oh, and media oh, personality oh, oh, oh. in both the Welsh and English language. Jonathan Davis. Correct. Oh. Yes. Correct. You can see the I just took my time there. <laughs> He's quite an interesting fellow, that. He's, he was a painter-decorator whilst he was playing for Lenethley. Was and he? And then Neath. I know. It's a different world, different time. It really is. I believe in like the 70s there was a lot of Welsh rugby union props 
who went to play league who were like coal miners and blacksmiths and oh, definitely. Hod, hod carriers and that kind of stuff definitely. and went up to St. Helens and Wigan and Leeds well like um, Dai Young live fast Dai Young did he? yeah yeah Dai, Dai Young played, played rugby league uh, do you want to hear another story about a rugby league rugby union convert so who was the rugby league convert that played in the Lions tour of South Africa not the one just gone the one before that and is a bit of a legend uh, oh John Bentley John Bentley okay so my old rugby club Colwyn Bay have booked in John Bentley to do the after, after dinner speaking do you know who else is called John Bentley they have booked the guy from the gadget show to do <laughs> <laughs> to do the after dinner speaking <laughs> at the end of season dinner Oh my god <laughs> Yeah Good one Good one But if they're real men They should stick with it now And in May He should come to the uh, To the dinner Very right. good Next one I am a French International rugby union player mm-hmm. Of Portuguese origin Hmm I play At scrum half And occasionally fly half John Baptiste Elisoud No oh. Phil you've got control God damn. In 2010, I was instrumental in guiding France to a Six Nations Grand Slam. I was picked after Julien Dupuis, who was first choice, was banned for eye gouging and produced masterful performances, including a rout of reigning Champions Island at the Stade de France. I'm a particularly vocal leader of the pack and known in France as Le Petit Général. Okay, Um, that that confirms it. I was... No! (laughs) Expecting... I, I was... Getting close, but I think it's Morgan Parra. It is Morgan Parra. Is he um, Portuguese descent? Well, yeah, obviously, he just yeah, said he was. Yeah, just, uh, speaking of which, I know, it's, I know it's not Portugal, but Spain. Do you see sp- the Spanish sevens team did a nice thing this week? They were cleaning up a hotel in Fiji. Yeah. Why were they doing that? During the cyclone. To, is it Hurricane Winston or yeah, something Cyclone like, Winston? Yeah. It was very nice of them. Yeah. yeah it was. They, good were, touch. they were putting stuff to protect it. Um, like putting barriers up to protect the hotel that's, that's and rugby, then cleaning that up that's afterwards. just rugby or it is a, you know, a little bit of self-preservation because they need protecting too yeah. I mean I'd be putting up the barriers and I'm not particularly <laughs> charitable, charitably minded <laughs> right I reckon we should start with the Six Nations we just talked about uh, you know Morgan Parra and how he's being overlooked by France he's still only 27, yeah. 27 is years old is that all he is? it's unreal he, he was picked when he was like a t- yeah. like a like only in his very early twenties. Oh my god! It he's, feels he's like he's just he's, he's on the verge of retirement. He turned twenty-seven uh, three months ago. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But we'll get on to that one. Let's start with um, England, Ireland. Uh, Eddie Jones. Do you see what he said about Ireland this nope. week? He said they play like Stoke City. It's among the many things that Eddie Jones has been <sighs> quoted as saying this week. He's been quite vocal, including saying that George Ford is a master in, in progress. Yeah. But he also said that Ireland play like Stoke, as in just lump it. They, I completely disagree. Well, that, that is pretty much how they beat England last year in Ireland. They, they kicked everything and just chased very, very hard. But we've not seen as much of that. Of them doing that, this Six Nations. Yeah. It's very unfair, OK? The team that kicked the ball the most are... Um, or, or the All Blacks. There's no real correlation between kicking, winning, passing, winning, any of these things. It's just about good decision making. If you need to kick it 26 times every 10 minutes, well, that you know, and it's the right option. Then it's the right option. Well, I'll put it like this: I looked at the the probable England and Ireland teams, mm-hmm. and I sort of looked at who I would pick out of the two of them. So t- tell me if you disagree with this one. I mean, Ireland have got their fair share of injury problems. That's that's yeah, there's no doubt about that. Number huge number. But 
I would possi- possibly the only people I would pick from Ireland would be nine, ten, twelve. Uh, Mar- an Irish nine, ten, twelve. Murray Sexton, Sexton Henshaw over Carol Young's Ford Farrell. Pro- I, would, I don't think probably. I would. I, I think probably yeah. would. I prefer Care as it happens. A Sexton. Oh, definitely. Oh, really? Sex, sex, if if Sexton Lions, was English. If there was a Lions test tomorrow, Sexton would 100% start. Mm, 100% he wouldn't because Gatland <laughs> would be taking that Lions tour and Bigger would be starting. <laughs> so well, take that back. We can disagree, but 9, 10, 12 is a strength for Ireland, as is their front row. And you would prob- I would probably pick Healy and Best. Stander, Murray, Sexton, Henshaw is who would get in. My conclusion is Ireland should kick the crap out of the ball have no creativity Henshaw hit the game line Sexton kick that's the only area of Ireland's team that I think match up well with England is that if that's your strength then crash, crash Henshaw yeah, the, the, up the, the, and then get Sexton kick yeah I, I see your point I see your point and that, that is exactly how they beat them, England last year um, they they purposely played a limited game plan they pinned England back and let England try and play their way out of their own 22 and England failed is Joe Schmidt? Is there creaks happening with him? Because I, he, he seems like a man who's scratching his head a little bit. No, no, I, I, I don't think so. He's won two championships, so he deserves respect, obviously. But this is as tough a period as he's going to have had. Yeah, and it, it will be when you're losing. I mean, it's five of their starting pack have yeah. been un- unavailable, and they have got injuries in the back line as well. Um, it is going to be tough. These tough times it couldn't happen at a better time. A start of a World Cup cycle, get people who haven't used, who haven't been regulars playing, just just like Wales did a few years ago. It's In fact, I think these times are absolutely critical because one of the worst things you can do is, is insulate your starting fifteen and rely on them year after year. All right. Well, let me let me take that one and flip it onto England and go. What changes would you make? Because I'm going to put it out there. I think he's a fantastic club man. He's, he's a fun character. Haskell is oh, not good enough go. for the England 15. What has Haskell done to use him? Can you hold back the likes? Can you hold back Itoji? He made such a more of an impact than Haskell made. Oh, at seven? You want Itoji to play seven? I, well, you I move, want, look, as move they Rob no. As they did at the end of the game. I, I wouldn't. I would, I would keep those two and use Itoji as an impact. He's, he's in a team which, which is still in contention for the Grand Slam. Yeah. He made eight tackles and good tackles. That was all he did the whole game. He isn't a conventional seven, okay? As in, he's not a fetcher. I don't think but even as a, a six, good player. I don't, yeah, no, he's a good player. I'm just saying he's not good enough to, to who, start. I'd change it up who, anyway. Who, who would you replace him with? Are you saying well, go I'm with so, Itoji? I, I just say I, I don't think you can hold back Itoji much longer because he's he's so he's playing better. It's, uh, it's completely agreed, right? But it's like better. saying it's like saying should you put um, Etzebeth or someone on uh, on the flank? Itoji is going to be All right, well, such a destructive force in second As soon as you is his fit, that's, that's for me. Well, that's, that's a, a different question, That is it? a different question, yeah. I think that that's more of a possibility. I think yeah. if anyone is under pressure from Itoji, it's Launchbury. And you're yeah, probably I close to having completely a, agree on that. a crew is Itoji starting second row with then either Launchbury and Laws on the, and actually, on the bench. Yeah, when Dave Ewers comes comes back, I think it's Robshaw that will get the cuts. No. They've got to remember about Ewers is he's an absolute monster uh, and a huge ball carrier. Who better to come off the bench? So actually, they might just keep it. Yeah, okay. keep it as it is. I think Haskell's a fantastic guy. 
great character. And I don't think as a rugby player, he's good enough to play as England's and you hate start, him as a person. starting team. No, I don't. I, don't, I, 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 get, I get a little um, tiresome of his, when, when you look at his Twitter and Instagram. Oh, here pages. it comes. Here we go. Like, he tweeted this week. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, I'm and, a little tired of it. Well, actually, he tweeted this. Anyone agree, guys? No pants are the best pants. <laughs> you going to defend that, Jay? I, I, I don't think there's anything particularly controversial there. I think I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm glad you don't subscribe to that uh, view, particularly given the way you're sat well, at the you, moment, <laughs> JP. Well, when you guys aren't here, this, this is how I hang around in, in the dungeon. If Rob Shaw had said that, you'd have absolutely. What, given what it an both idiot. Bowels. Why is he not concentrating on his rugby? Yeah. That's what I'll be saying. Um, <laughs> all right, so England are, are looking in, in good shape, and I think. Ireland will hold on for 50, 60 minutes and I think England will win by 10. I think, hmm. I think that's... It's probably not going to be far off that. England feel like they're on the up. Ireland are struggling. I think England are going to win. But I don't think, as you predicted, I think it's going to be a very slow kind of three points here, three points there. It's going to be very, very slow to the sword. Really. I could believe that because I, I'll say another thing as well. I think this Six Nations has been very disappointing as, Why? A, spe- as a spectacle. I, I, don't, I don't know if I agree the, with the, that. In terms of the quality of rugby. Yes or no, I've seen a couple of articles saying there's only been one good game. Which one was that? Which, uh, the last, the Wales the last 20 minutes of Wales-Scotland. Yeah. The, what, the, the last 20 uh, minutes was great. The, you, you've got to consider a couple of things. One... It's it's early on, so a lot of these squads haven't played together. They only had a week in camp. To the weather, but the games and the tightness. Most of the games have been decided by a single score, mm. apart from the England uh, Italy game. So it's been really interesting, really close mm. close rugby. Bearing in mind the Northern Hemisphere sides, the Six Nations sides got schooled by the Southern oh, Hemisphere team. Right. I was hoping that at the start of a cycle we might have a little bit more ambition than we've had. That, that's nonsense. Mike Phillips this week. Mike Phillips, um, who, by the way, um, Bob Bridal31 on Twitter said he's amazed that when we were talking about uh, our, va- our Valentine's <laughs> Day bromances uh, out of rugby players that, that, that sexy, big sexy Mike Phillips didn't get a mention. Quite right. But Mike Phillips said this week that the culture that Warren Gatlin instills in Wales is the players and, and the players get so much stick if they make an error in the video sessions Good. that they're afraid to try anything and that that's why players never offload Welsh players don't offload. Okay. And that's why Welsh players don't don't try to play a, 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 a attacking rugby. Well, that's an answer. I mean, look, this is coming from Mike Phillips, it, who has binned off um, early doors from, from the Wales camp. They play good, structured, structured rugby with good decisions. Yeah. Now, I which think do, which doesn't beat one of the reasons that there's this big, um, there's always belly aching about the Six Nations this year. No, is belly aching the right word? I think it is from from some, from some quarters of the media when they're saying okay. this is the worst Six Nations for I, I, I however long. I didn't say that. No, no, you didn't, but but the rugby media have. I think it has been the quality of rugby and. And the quality, the amount of endeavour shown by teams has been disappointing. I was hoping for more as well, and I think we will see more, but it takes time, yeah. and the conditions don't necessarily help. Yeah, help the way fair. it's gone. M- moving on to you know Wales France a little bit more. France is the only advantage they have scrum time really. I would describe the French team as a very very dry, shrubby forest in the middle of extreme desert heat waiting to, to, to ignite. It's shrubby forest, that's, that's Maxime Medar's uh, <laughs> sideburns. Girlfriend! <laughs> um, uh, 
Yeah. Very, very, very continental. That. <laughs> <laughs> I just got this, you know when they came out against. Italy, first game of the tournament, they really tried to play a lot. And if you look at the individuals, all these lads co- co- combining, I think it's only only a matter of time until someone gets someone gets an absolute hiding. I think that's possible. I think it will take a it w- it will take a bit more time, and because they've not from the two games we've seen them, they've not particularly gelled no. very well. They no. beat Ireland, but it was. It was only Ireland's kind of poor, but, poor performance, yeah. failure to score any points, and then ultimate uh, injuries in the pack. But you talk that, about that um, it. attacking, attacking intent. The first twenty minutes against Italy, I thought, oh my god, th- this will be a cricket score because yeah. everything was been played. In fact, if anything, there was too much rugby b- b- oh, been played. There was. They were trying to run it from everywhere, and it made it easy for the Italians to defend. It's probably because they were wearing a sevens kit. I, I think this will be a comfortable Welsh win. <laughs> I think I'll be comfortable. Uh, the scru- Me too. Scrum Me too. aside, Do you really think? Scrum aside, France have got fast backs, but they're not playing particularly cohesive and no. coherently at the moment, are they? I'm not overly confident. Phil Wales are due a slip about any time soon. They were lucky to get out of Ireland. Um, let's not count Italy because they're Italy. I think we're going to struggle. I think we're going to struggle. I can see see a narrow loss to the French. I think I think Wales will win unless that front. French backline does happen to click, which well, I don't think it will. But what if it? I mean, if they click and the scrum goes well, it could be a it could be a really tough day for day for yeah, Wales. I don't think it will happen. I, I don't, don't think, think it's too happen. soon. I think it's too soon. I think Wales will win fairly comfortably. Italy, Scotland. Are Scotland going to hit double figures for defeats, or is this <laughs> where <laughs> it turns around for Vern Cotter and the Six it, Nations? It, I think Scotland will smash them. I think it's going to be the biggest gap of any of the games. England won by 30 points against Italy. 31 points. Sorry, sorry, in this weekend. This oh, in weekend. this weekend. Oh, right, okay. I, think it, I think Scotland are going absolutely put, to absolutely put them to the sword. I think Scotland will win, but I think it'll be close. I think Italy, they're a solid team. If they hadn't had, had so many injuries against England, because uh, they lost, I think, three or four people during the game, then it would have been a lot closer because, like you said, for 60 minutes they were right in there. Oh, so I think it will be similar. The the spectacle and the tradition and the fans, that's never in question with the Six Nations. I think the quality and the ambition shown by teams has been lacking and I'm hoping that that's going to catch up with the tenseness and the crowd and everything else this weekend, I'm hoping. We'll turn our attention to a little bit of domestic rugby. We've got the... Other international rugby that's going on around the world, which we can touch upon later. We've got Super Rugby happening, so we can get into that. We'll look ahead to the other games happening this weekend. But Pro 12 Premiership mainly our focus right now. And JB, you've got some uh, Wheel of Rugby questions. Hypothetical, well not hypothetical, you've got some situations to throw me and Phil at that we were going to have to debate. Regardless of what our actual opinion is, we're going to have to debate one, <laughs> one side or the other. Go on. Well, um, unfortunately the actual wheel isn't spinning, so I'm just going to ask you okay, three of the questions. All right. All right. I- Okay, so who is most regretted not signing their, their targeted fly half? London Irish or Harlequins? I'll take London Irish. Okay, and, and you can take Danny Cipriani for Quins. Uh, when I talked about Worcester as my likely candidates to go down the other week, I said it's because they don't have that experience of closing out games, winning points, and game management at fly half. When you look at London Irish, you have an 18 year old, someone even less experienced than. Brophy Clues is even less experienced than Tom Heathcote and you see what Andy Goode is doing at Newcastle he is the player or someone of his ilk is the player London Irish need to complement the young 
energy that they've got in that squad and not having him, it could seal their relegation and it wouldn't be making me absolutely spit chunks if I was a London Irish fan because he retired, in inverted commas, injured, (laughs) in inverted commas, and is now back (laughs) and helping to seal potentially London Irish's fate. Over to you, Philip. Okay. I think Quinns will really regret it and they will regret it more because of the long-term nature of it. Um, Good would have only been there for one season whereas Cipriani would have been on a two, three-year deal and Quinns needs someone of a very high calibre, high quality to replace Nick Evans who is and was one of the best fly halves well, in the world, mm. um, all black and would have got a lot more all black caps if it wasn't for a certain Dan Carter. Dean Carter. Dean Carter. And the drop-off after Nick Evans at Quinns is, I think, the biggest drop-off for any fly half in the league. So yeah. dropping to Ben Botica. Ben Botica is a solid player, but he is nowhere near the level of someone like Evans or Sippers. And another thing, Sippers, with his pace and his free-flowing ability would fit perfectly in with that Quinn's back line. That's quite convincing, actually, Phil. I'm going to go with... I wasn't going to go with Tim. I'm going to have to go with Phil. Oh, Phil I'm sorry. Oh, I think that's wrong. I, sorry. I, do, I also think that might be a bit wrong. Because <laughs> if London Irish go down... Don't be so convincing, though. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> be so convincing. Right. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Worst Tom. Tom Court or Tom Francis? <laughs> uh, do you want to pick first? Okay. British and Irish Lion Tom Court is only a British and Irish Lion because he's really an Australian who was back home and there were some injuries and he was the closest man available and eligible to play on the tour. He is one of the worst international scrummagers I've ever seen. <laughs> he's, I can't disagree with he's, he was He was a 24-year-old failed shot putter who had some Irish ancestry and decided to come to Ireland to play a bit of rugby and somehow has managed to, to steal a career out of it. <laughs> Do I need to go into the time when no, no, he moved across to a time? Tom, no. Tom, Francis. Tom Francis. Tom Francis is good in the context of a player who was playing championship rugby a year ago <laughs> however he's not as good as British and Irish Lion Tom Court and he's also good for someone who looks like if I didn't know Andy Goode was playing for Newcastle I'd have thought Tom Francis had eaten Andy Goode <laughs> well it was a very convincing argument by, by Phil and he did win me over but actually this is a, fa- a factual one Tom Francis is, is the worst player um, <laughs> well, that, Tim wins that's not the point of this it's game. my game my rules right. <laughs> last one tiebreaker right. most likely to play Judas in the musical of Jesus will it be Robbie Henshaw or Danny Cipriani <laughs> <laughs> Tim you get to choose first uh this is Robbie Henshaw. Robbie Henshaw Judas is colluding with Herod and the establishment that is the IRFU because how he is going to Leinster. So Connor brought him through. <laughs> then then at the IRFU go, well done on, uh, congratulations on bringing Robbie Henshaw through. You're a bright star. You're top of the Pro 12. You're doing really well. You're right up there in the mix. We're going to centrally contract that guy and then we're going to decide that he needs to move <laughs> to the trendy, fashionable club. They have just put Connor on a cross. Now, nice. I like finished. That, that, was, that was very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd go with Crown of Thorns or something if I was you. Know, <laughs> <laughs> now, I th- I wonder how much of this was Robbie Henshaw's decision and how much the IRFU have wanted their star man to move across. Whereas Danny Cipriani, Steve Diamond has nurtured him. He was like 
he was a broken animal. Mm. He was. He's been suck, he, suckling Dimes' teeth, hasn't he, for a few exactly, years? Exactly, exactly. He was. He was. At one stage, thrown out of a club in Melbourne for stealing a bottle of vodka from behind the bar. Unbelievable. And Dimes showed trust and faith in him and has nursed him back to to health and brought him up to be to be playing for England. He's actually played for England since he's been at Sale. And so Cipriani th- throws uh, it mm. back in his face. Well, I'm saying this, which is Cipriani's defection was like a soldier defecting from one side of a war to another whereas Robbie Henshaw is even more despicable he 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 actually turned coats in the context of a civil war so I'm going to give it to Tim <laughs> <laughs> can I just say on the whole Cipriani thing because we, we live in Manchester here um, I'll say Chasers boys me, Phil, JB we all live in Manchester and I'm very very aware of the reaction of Sale Sharks fans to this and whilst I completely understand the disappointment of losing your your star player, I do completely sympathise with that. And I, this goes for any club and any player. Any player who, when a player comes to either the end of his contract or has a break clause which the club agreed to in a contract, to then say that a player is being disloyal, you are um, right. is slapping the club in the face, is defecting or any of these words it's uh, it really hacks me off this is a profession this is a job yeah. these guys have a short career and if if Danny Cipriani wasn't playing well you can sure as hell Steve Diamond wouldn't have offered him a contract and would have chucked him out and rightly so that's how professional sport works I'm not I'm not having this bleating that he's let anyone down I yeah. tend to agree I, the only yeah. thing I would caution is maybe the grass it isn't greener but in this case it clearly is so <laughs> <laughs> The thing is about Sale, it's such a shame because if they keep these players, they would yeah. actually be a force. Yeah, it's frustrating, but it'll be the same with with um, Connor. Oh, if, that, if, that upsets me even more. Actually, if you're not filling stadiums and you've not got as much money, you can't continue to keep all the best players. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's you, different because it's, because the, uh, Robbie Henshaw is being paid by the same people, yeah. but he's going to a different. This is well, yeah. really that's, that's what really gets me about. This. I think that I think the Robbie Henshaw one is actually more in the hand actually because you can't on the one hand say well there's not enough people here when you rip out the only star that they really have. I mean, Pat Lamb is doing a great job there. I, I think Johnny Sexton just said, I, I want Robbie Henshaw. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Who are all these others now? <laughs> yeah. Well, Sexton does need some protecting. He needs he needs a big inside centre to look after him. So maybe it's that. Maybe, or maybe Joe Schmidt said, look, I want to put him and Ring Rose together and develop them for the future or something like that. But, well, no, um, no, uh, that that's interesting. Go on, Phil. I know well, where you're going. From, from my point of view, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. I can see some logic in it. If you say you want to get all your best players having experience of knockout rugby of top top level Heineken Cup or European Champions Cup, then the way to do that is having the best players playing together. Mm. And by Leinster, who are losing Ben Teo, making them a little bit stronger, it means you could have... That, well, I think they contributed something like 15 or 17 players to the Island squad... So you get 17 players getting experience of knockout rugby there, next yeah, season. You know There's so many layers to this. You are right, because stronger teams go further in Europe, yeah. so on and so forth. But actually, devaluing the domestic competition, which is already a joke, <laughs> doesn't help. Well, hold on. We, we've had some tweets on this, because you're very vocal about your disrespect for the protocol. Yeah, it's pathetic. Uh, Bookie16 on Twitter. 
Uh, the bottom four in the Aviva Premiership have won 25% of their games. The bottom four in the Pro 12 have won 24% of their games, having played seven games more. A little bit of Pro 12 respect. And then, no, right. and to add to that, uh, um, also added, in the Pro 12, 15 points separate the top eight. In the Aviva Premiership, 16 points separate the top eight. So how the how is the Pro 12 not competitive? Right. And... And Tre- Treviso, uh, we got we got a message from Rawls saying, "I assume this was last week." He said this. I assume after Treviso's first win in the Pro 12, that's going to feature <laughs> prominently on the podcast. Well, they haven't just won last week; they won this weekend. Treviso have won two on the bounce. That's that's quite that's quite incredible. I mean, that really is. Um, let's just talk about the bottom four because I thought that as well. I thought, hang on, yeah, it made a real good point point there. And Scarlets beat Ulster at the Kingspan. Don't mention it, Tim. Didn't <laughs> didn't happen. If you just matched up the bottom four against the bottom four in both leagues, where do you think it would be? Do, do you think it'd be 50-50? Because I think it's a mismatch of such epic proportion. It shouldn't even be allowed to happen. People would get hurt. <laughs> I, I do think the Premiership... If you if you put oh. the four together in a league, the the eight together... Worcester would... The, sma- Worcester, um, Bath... Bath or bottom four, right? Yeah. Bath! Bath are in the bottom four. Come on. <laughs> Let, let's not pretend the Pro 12 is anything other than the hobby league, which, which it really is, because that, that's what it is. It's a no, hobby league. It, so, that, yeah, that's, that's to, to the people tweeting in, thank you very much for your tweets to at Rugby Podcast and keep them coming. Coming, you can use the hashtag Pro 12 Respect if you want to join. Uh, well, you know what? on that one. Uh, maybe but you're I'm not wrong. getting a lot of change out of JB. No, maybe I am wrong because I've been wrong before. Let's just see how they go in the in in, in the latter stages of Europe, and then we'll make a decision. There's no Pro 12 teams oh, left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was re- re- uh, reiterating his point. Just on, just on Robbie Henshaw, uh, <laughs> Michael Dunning tweeted us to say, as a Connacht fan, I can only presume Henshaw was a gift to help out the struggling boys in blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. Do, do you know what this is? It's the rugby equivalent of the banker's bailout. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh, also, we got another tweet as well from um, uh, the guys at Rugby Media, Nick... Nick Heath. Nick, Nick Heath. Heath at Rugby Media. And he said, uh, I was listening to last podcast, boys. It sounds as though Phil has never heard the pun longest in the shower before. Is this true? And if so, how? You did react to it. When I, when we were going through um, <laughs> it's Thomas, Thomas, Waldrum, Thomas Waldrum's uh, uh, questions in the Sale Sharks pr- match, match day programme, you did laugh at it like you had never heard it before. <laughs> uh, no, I have heard that pun before. I, I, I feel correcting the grammar is funny, personally. Personally? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool, good. Just thought we'd get that one. Uh, Tycho Anomaly on Twitter has said that, have you seen Rob Baxter's quotes about a bigger, stronger you is? Uh, Rob Baxter has been saying that the work he's been doing in the gym is phenomenal. Mm. And he's going to come back even bigger and stronger. I wonder how you do that. Just, I mean, just pure gym work, I guess, and clean eating. I guess, yeah. Mm. Me and JB had a gym session together on Friday night. Yeah. Did you? How did he do, Phil? It was, it was humbling. <laughs> the humble, humbling experience. I, w- I was uh, running some numbers and comparing him to uh, proportionally the weights he lifted. He lifted to the weights that my girlfriend lifts. Right. Okay. Look. Um, let's be very clear. <laughs> I am slimming down. Uh, I, I'm losing. Ki- how, how much are you? How much do you? What are you weighing in at? One hundred and three from one hundred. Really? From one hundred and twelve at Christmas. No. Jay's Jay's a strong boy. So, you, but you ran some numbers. I ran some numbers. Go on then. Against Claire. Oh God. And you're probably proportionally, roughly similarly strong. What does he? What does he deadlift? I, oh no, we, do, we did a chest and tricep session. So we oh, do that's a, not proper weights. No, no. no Jay, Jay's not interested in proper weight. 
right, something which could be well be coming to the podcast very soon, and I think you're going to see plenty about it. You were talking about gym work. Canterbury are go are going to be running a competition, which we'll be able to tell you about soon. In fact, we'll tweet out the information at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. JB, uh, if you listened last season, made a big joke and a big play about wanting to go and do a gym session with Jeff Parling after yeah. those after those, <laughs> <laughs> after those pictures of Jeff Parling doing back squats and deadlifts and stuff to the point where they actually sent you the full kit that Jeff Parling wore. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what? Else? It was really disappointing. I got I was sent the gym kit of, of another player. Do you remember? Only Mr. Sam Burgess. Oh yeah, oh, yeah the bath vest. Thankfully, I won't be able to outlift Sam, Bur- Sam-, Sam Burgess in, in this event. So, <laughs> I bet be... you couldn't outlift Jeff Parling. No, that, you, it, of course not. I, oh, I thought like... I thought you were suggesting that you could outlift Jeff Parling. <laughs> Look, I I, sh- I literally <laughs> shuffle bits of paper regarding pensions around a desk. He is a professional athlete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, they've, they've got a competition, Phil, haven't they? They have the website's jointhecommitted.com. We'll tweet it out, but it's to win the ultimate training experience, and it'll be a training day with Jeff Parlin, Robbie Henshaw, and Kevin Sinfield. Um, oh, big cat! I'd love to train with Kev. Hotel transfers, yeah, pro athlete training, full training kit. Oh, love yeah. Are they getting travel and accommodation, superfood, lunch, a goodie bag, nutritional plan, how, uh, how, development how, plan? How is um? How can they get a super cab out of out, out of Yorkshire without a nosebleed? Well, it might be in Yorkshire. Take, yeah. it must, we must be going to Yorkshire. That's why there's travel and accommodation. So, uh, yeah, so we're flying straight to Leeds are, Bradford. Straight to Leeds Bradford and then to... to Hotel to, rendezvous in yeah. Wakefield. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. John tweeted us this evening to say, thanks for letting me know about Cornerstone. I'm with you boys and I'm on board. I was going to say, uh, they're now our sponsors, but they're not. And now our partners. Well, yeah. Well, they've, well, well they're basically they 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 found out through you know social media. JB became a customer, got me and Phil onto it, and we all are, were well on board with this like mail order shaving malarkey. And um, and they caught wind that we did a podcast and were also some of their customers and said, well, give your listeners a, a special deal. Yeah, so- and they also know that most of our listeners are men or hairy women. So it, it made <laughs> a lot of sense. This is the partnership which will go down. Uh, in, in the annals, um, Matfield, Botha, yeah. Gregan Larkham, Egg Chasers, Cornerstone. It's, so I, it's the same thing. So I'll be completely honest with you. We managed to get ourselves a little 10 quid off deal. And they said, but I'll tell you what, and tell your, your fellow Egg Chasers that listen. So, yeah, that's the deal that, we're, that we have that we're passing on to you. And it, basically, if you go to cornerstone.co.uk slash Egg Chasers, then you can get yourself £10 off if you sign up for mail order shaving, which is kind of a new thing. It's big in America. Yeah, it's huge. But it's, uh, it's well handy. You get this, uh, you get this metal... Handle an aluminium lathed handle. I know with with your initials on it. With your initials up to three initials, uh, cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers to get your special £10 off from us to you when you sign up which you can sign up for as little as £4 you get your free handle you can change it online you can cancel at any time if you don't like it but we think you will yeah. So and sorry Tim one last thing if forward slash egg chasers is too much effort for you you can simply type in the code uh, egg chasers 10 if, if nothing else get your free engraved handle so we can all have our team Egg Chasers team handle and then... And We're then, going to have an Egg Chasers party if, you can only get in if yeah. you've got a handle. <laughs> um, right. Uh, in terms of premiership then, let's, let's just quickly rattle through this. That, that battle at the bottom is interesting and, and London Irish... Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Looking in a really difficult position. Um, and again, caused by six from six at Kingston Park with Andy Goode pulling the strings for Newcastle. Yeah, Andy Good scoring 16 points. What a guy. Guiding what Newcastle a guy. to another win. I, I didn't see the game, so I can't comment on it. I just saw the results coming in from BT Sport. I mean, that's just incredible. It's just incredible. Yeah, it's the really only game is. I've not seen highlights of. Do you mm. know what we're not giving Andy Good enough credit for is how well he gets them playing, how flat he plays the ball. He basically ignites that whole that whole uh, attack the reason he's yeah, been when you got Chris Harris is a great player yeah the hammer at the back yeah you got you got it's, some really good backs there but that's you know exactly what I was talking about London Irish have got great young backs mm. Newcastle have got great young backs but having an Andy Good makes a massive difference doesn't it, it does. I think London Irish would be a completely different team uh, uh, with good, I was impressed with um, who? What's his name? It, it's like a mixture of two characters from from Game of Thrones. What's his name? Boffrey Claws or something? Theo Brophy Clues. Theo Brophy Clues. His first name's Theo. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't get any better, does it? <laughs> if it was Theon. Theon Joffrey Joffrey Claus <laughs> Johnny Which, Williams outside him looks good Johnny Williams does look good uh, whatever happened to the big Irish fella Sheridan is he still he, there? he's gone to France yeah has he is he yeah. Oyana or one of yeah, the he's, yeah he's oh, at Oyana yeah. he's at Oyana yeah, he's like a six foot four centre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, quick question for you: Who was the other fly half to have their first Premier start, Premiership start this weekend? Hmm. Oh, go on. Of course, Leicester's. Yes. What's his oh, name? Oh yeah. Um, I can't remember. Oh god. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, Ollie. Ollie um, Bryant. Ollie Bryant. Yeah. Ollie Bryant. Is, is he on? Imagine that for your first start. With uh, Tuolagi and John de Villiers. Yeah, there's no you. way I can lose this. No way. <laughs> but he did. But they did. Yeah. Three on the bounce for them. And, and Harlequins stopped a three on the bounce rot themselves. I yeah. thought this is the, by far the most... Dis- for, for this game, I thought Leicester should be far more disappointed than Quinns. Far, far more. They had pretty much their whole team out, bar a fly half. And they did nothing. They did absolutely. In fact, they they were poor. Um, and I thought because we we used to, we looked at their team sheet earlier in the season, we're like, how are Leicester doing this with some of these guys? And I, so for that reason, I thought that this international period they would actually kick on, yeah, yeah. not go back. Yeah, me too. Because they, you just said it then, they're losing a couple of players. It's one of those things. I wonder if because they have bought these players in. I mean, who who on earth has heard of? Um, Oh, what's it? Vian, Vian, Vianu. Who on earth has heard of him, or who's really watched Beatham? And I wonder if, because they've been in the league for a couple of months now, whether there's some video analysis on them, or they know Maybe. some secrets of how to how to stop this new 
uh, are in major attack. You know, what's going on there? I'll tell you some people that would know who those guys are, and that would be people that watch Super Rugby, which we'll get onto in a moment. Mm. But uh, I'll, I'll pick up on something which goes across these games, and it goes even broader than that. It goes across rugby in general. We joke about and we talk about well not not always joke sometimes we say it genuinely that we worry about where the game's going overall game going soft and stuff some of the decisions there was a few things that happened this weekend that all lead me to the same conclusion Banners who had a great game for Bath that was ridiculous his his high tackle in inverted commas which is just a good hard tackle yep. there was there was Manu Tuolangi's no yeah. arm tackle which was just a good hard hit with what with an arm wrapped around I don't from understand it that one from one angle it looked like there was no arm from the other angle it was clear because one of his arms didn't wrap but one did and they, and they all checked the TMO yeah I know and then the, another one they checked the TMO it happened in the London Irish game it just made me so angry Julian Salvi getting yeah. penalised for tackling someone in the air when Elliot Stook it happened, it happened recently didn't it but Elliot Stook caught the ball and jumped what what else is Julian Salvi or any rugby player going to do and this this is my point and this is rather than just moaning about individual uh, situations all of these things went to the TMO and all of them came up with decisions which I think are contrary to the ethos the, o- of, the o- of the players the spirit of the game and it's you know to use a JB phrase it's letter of the law versus common sense and they're siding with it's the letter slowly turning into meet him you didn't yeah. realise it however <laughs> right so what I, but I've got a solution and that is TMOs should be ex-players because no. because they may have played rugby a bit and but and they may have played rugby 30 years ago but I don't believe those TMOs have enough empathy for what those players are trying to do right here's what I, I've already give, given you this solution TMOs should be highly excitable young boys between the ages of 12 and 15 <laughs> right and the, you should only stop play for violent offences when that young lad says this is too much now this is uh, that that's it because at the moment you've got these guys I mean what uh, you're right the, the profile of these uh, video refs they're just not good enough they're they're kind of I've got this kind of policeman slash teacher kind of letter of the law it just doesn't it doesn't mix well with what rugby actually is yeah exactly and do you know how like you know sometimes you see policemen or you hear policemen talk and, and they talk in ways that you know he like, absconded like, like, from the scene yes exactly as a south westly direction exactly instead of going two he, perpetrators he, he, ran a, he ran down that road so it's the same thing <laughs> I want to hear a TMO go rather than going um, well he did make contact and then slid up towards the neck region I just want to hear an ex-player go get on with it yeah, yeah. It, it's such a, it's such a great conversation isn't it? so you do that you do the he slid up are you saying he slid up making a, cur- yeah. a curved crescent gesture with the outside <laughs> of the knuckle it, uh, can I confirm this Tim it's just uh, it, where do you stand on the shout Brits red card because it was, it, it was a clenched fist punched to the face possibly a yellow but I just think red's not I just I just oh. don't find that rugby for a red well, for that. I, I think that is a definite red it's a red card but not, really? for the, not for the same reasons Phil thinks okay I think if you get hit it's your duty to walk away and be like the bigger harder guy if you're hitting someone first off as an aggressive action I'm okay with that I'm not okay with you retaliating it wasn't a very good punch, right? Well, well, which is part of my concussion. It wasn't a very. Yeah. Oh, did it really? <laughs> yeah. he, he, he went off for concussion protocol, which he failed, and he stayed off the oh rest of the god, game. Oh my god, he hardly connected with him. Wow, he, shout! He, but yeah, he did. He, he not get a man in the ring. He did connect. He did connect. I think Tim's right, and not you, unfortunately, Phil. Which is, 
I don't think he would have passed the concussion protocol anyway because he called me that punch. It must have been something else. I, I've watched the punch a few times. He does. He does connect properly. We celebrate the the physicality and the gladiatorial nature of rugby. Occasionally, stuff that happens. I didn't know that he'd gone off and got concussed. That may, that does change things because I am a big one of saying that, that what the outcome. Yeah is relevant to what the sanctions should be. So yeah. maybe I'll take that back. We don't know, do we? I mean, this is this is the problem we're making it all litigious. We don't know if that concussion occurred before the punch. And that's the argument that I've been making. <laughs> because it's not a particularly hard punch. Your Honour, well, there is no... Uh, now, if you played for Saracens, you'd know, because you'd have his concussion monitor on. Yeah. But you simply just don't know. Yeah. No... That is a weak argument, in my opinion, G. Well, I would be uh, scouring the tape to say, well, that was a bigger contact, that was a bigger contact. <laughs> yeah. Multiple contacts to the but, chest can cause oh, concussion. Right. I can understand why Brits did, because his leg got trapped, so he was he was worried and he was scared that... Because it was a year ago that he did his cruciates, yeah. so he was worried that that was going to ha- happen again. He reacted, right? but he shouldn't have reacted. So two, yeah, red okay. Okay. So two things. First is a quick observation. Is anyone more smiley and more punchy than Shark Brits. <laughs> right? I don't think anyone is as both 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 as him. Second one is I have some laws which I think we should we, we, we should implement. And these are serious laws. So I've already said you eliminate all kind of kinds of talk for clearing out a ruck. My two new ones are you don't need to wrap your arms when you tackle when you tackle below the knee. And the third one is uh, a a player in the air is fair game if the ball they're trying to retrieve is a pass. If it's a kick, they are not fair game. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. All right. Let me know what you think. Well, at Rugby Podcast, you can tweet us. The one good thing we have, the one consistent element we have in domestic rugby, international rugby, whatever, is the is the wordsmith Nick Mullins, another listener mm-hmm. of the podcast, who described Charles Piatow's handoffs as a pneumatic handoff, a titati- titanium rod of an arm as well. Mm-hmm. So Worcester, Worcester Sale was could be a critical matchup, particularly with London Irish's result and Newcastle's result. Yeah, and, w- and with the context of Cipriani announcing he's going to Wasps, and Cipriani, you pointed it out on on last week's podcast, his kicking the last couple of rounds of the Premiership has been really poor. It was woeful. Yeah, it missed four out of four conversions, and they he's lost twenty percent. Yeah. They lost by eight points. He yes. missed eight points worth of kicks, including one in front of the post to get a, a losing bonus point. I guess um, losing bonus. My point. guess is he stopped practicing now because he knows next year he's going to be playing in a squad with no, Elliot Daly. But this is it. He want He will. This is another reason. A lot. A lot of Sale Shark fans are saying, "Oh, well, he's clearly just like on the beach already." It's like, well, no. He wants to get on that plane to go to Australia with the England team. So yeah. I, I. So as a professional, he's worked that hard and he's staying in England because he wants to play for England because he could have gone to Toulon. Um, I, I don't buy it so no. I don't know what's going on but here's a hypothetical Phil because I know you've thought about potential replacements for sale but very quick hypothetical if Owen Farrell or George Ford go down if, if bottom line if Eddie Jones needs to, needs to bring a 10 into his squad is Danny Cipriani still the next in line because his goal kicking has been that bad yes yes as a well 10 he's had three weeks of like well he's probably on about 25% uh, goal kicking for the last three weeks but yes, he would do. He's not turned into a bad player overnight. I mean, Myler was previously uh, yeah, not anymore. Line, but I wouldn't bring him in. And then after that, Burns, no, thank Freddie you. Burns, no. Yeah, good. Andy, Andy good. Andy good. Do you know who ben, I think? Ben Botica. Do you know who I genuinely think would be an option for for him is probably good. But the other one, I think Alex Good would. They would look to move him round before bringing in a brand new fly half. 
Uh, come on then, Phil. You've been crunching the numbers and having a look at potential replacements. Well, yeah, because Diamond has said it wasn't about money. And the figure that's been kind of mentioned is £400,000. It's in 300 and 400 mentioned, so yeah. Yeah, which means that Sale have got a serious bit of cash to bring someone in. Yeah. So I've been having a look. I've been scouring the leagues for potentials. Now, Dimes has said his f- first choice would be English. But we've just listed the English fly halves there. So unless you're going to go for someone very young, like uh, this Matt Prothero. Have you heard of this this kid? Yeah. Um, no, I haven't. He's at Gloucester. He's uh, Swansea-born. He's at Gloucester. He's a 19-year-old. He's chosen to represent England under-20s rather than Wales under-20s. We'll see about that. We'll see what Gatland has to say about this. Is well, so, no, is this another one on the list with Sam Underhill? He's already played. He's already played for... Um, England, oh, hang on. Under 20s. But does that matter for England? No, not for England. England. It would matter if he played yes. for Wales, and that's, that's what he's doing. The, that's the kicker, yeah. Because yeah. because the rules state that you ha- if you, if you represent the second tier international team, then you are committing. Which for Wales, because they don't have an A side, is the under twenties. Yeah, interesting. So he's Welsh born, but would be English eligible. But I don't think they'd go for him because they need someone who, out of the box, can win games. And the options at sale are Joe Ford and Nick McLeod. Oh, uh, goodness uh, me. Yeah. The drop-off there, uh, we spoke about the, the uh, Botica, evidence to n- No, it's a deep, deep drop-off. That. It is, that is. A, so I had a look around the leagues. Else, elsewhere in England, if you're not going English, could you bring in someone like Owen Williams or Gareth Steenson? Gareth Steenson? Why do you think that he'd be interested in going there? Why not? If you get if you handed is him a long contract, yeah, because he's long getting contract. to that age, he's thirty-one. Yeah. Oh, I think he. I if, think if, you him him a, if you offered him four hundred thousand pounds, I think you'd be playing at sale next year. Yeah. I think Exeter would match you. I think they'd, they'd keep they'd Ooh. keep him there. Ooh, I'm not sure they've got the the room in there. Interesting. In their salary cap. Okay. They made some some good signings. Signed Lockie Turn. He signed Dave Dennis. He signed a couple of other Aussies. Mm. That's interesting. Okay, I I, I I take that on board. We're yeah. missing some obvious ones at Wasps, surely. The two guys at Wasps. Yeah, Gopeth, Gopeth or Jackson. Gopeth would be the one. Uh, either of those. Well, Gopeth, because the other observation I would make is Sale have have got either ageing centres or very young yes. potential centres. So I think a, a real metronomic uh, goal-kicking 10 is a great fit for Two guys that I, I was thinking of. Beric Barnes, who is an experienced guy. Beric Barnes, who's currently playing in Japan. Yep. Yes, that, he's that, on my list. There's one. And the other one, Remy Tallis. Now, Remy Taz is also on my list. Is he? Now, great minds. Racing Metro, we've got four fly halves. Sorry, Dan Carter. Dean Sorry. Carter's Racing 92. Dan Carter's Racing 92. I've got. Oh, just before we carry on, because we had another one of those, Appar- um, it was pointed out on Twitter that just as, the, as, as, as we've been pointing out that Racing 92 have to be referred to as Dan Carter's Racing 92. Now, apparently, whenever you refer to Nathan Hughes, you have to be ref- you have to refer to <laughs> Nathan Hughes, who <laughs> qualifies for England. <laughs> yeah. in November. That is very true. <laughs> Sorry, carry yeah. on. Yeah. So, Racing have got Tales, DC, they've got a, a youngish French lad, Dambiel, and they've got Johan Goosen. That's right, yeah. So, I was thinking maybe Tales or Goosen, and if Brian Mujarty's got some connections there. So, if you, if you think... In the top 14, there are a couple of English lads playing in the top 14. Flood? Flood and... <sighs> is he the English fly-off? Rory Clegg. Is he Is he in France? He's, he's at Oyana. How is he? With uh, him and Nicky Robinson, are the, uh, two of their And there's someone else in, in Oyana that I found out today. Robson? George Robson? Aim, no. aim, aim Sheridan when we talked about Aim Sheridan that's the one we talked about about 10 minutes ago <laughs> look I've got a lot okay point taken but I don't think it'd go for either of those the other ones in France possibly 
So, Sale have got some history with uh, attracting French players. Yep. And with Pickamoles moving over to the Premiership, you could possibly tra- attract someone like Tranduc or even someone like Michelac. Ooh. Toulon again, they've got four fly halves. I can't imagine, I can imagine Michelac being the worst fit in any rugby team <laughs> ever. It's just. <laughs> he's that- got experience playing for Sharks before. Uh, men- oh yeah Natal Sharks oh. so, is, so is Andy Goode Yeah I don't uh, <laughs> uh, um, Quick question for you To the nearest five How many French players Play in the Premiership Five Phil Zero Phil is correct There is not one French player In all wow. of the Premiership mm. Wow Very good uh, um, Andy Goode might go if he contractually is allowed to start in October <laughs> <laughs> after any pre-season and contract starts <laughs> first first game yeah. he just rocks up <laughs> Corona's in the icebox yeah. just walks up coach which shirt's mine <laughs> <laughs> takes 10 off young Sam James the sheriff's in town get no, out he'll take the Evian Lewis Robert shirt and just stick like, duct, tape, zero. duct tape te- duct tape zero on the, on the end of it I, I've got an Avion Lewis Robert shirt have you that's not a joke uh, it's in my collection up there uh, and um, I got it because Sale sell their match shirts um, for some reason at the end of the season for discount price I wanted one I wanted Tom Brady's shirt so I've got Brady on, a, on an Avion Lewis Roberts match shirt mm. rumours about Tom Brady going to Leicester Tigers this week is that right? Really? Because he's he's behind Nev Edwards and people like that are sailing the pecking order. He was being talked about as a potential England winger a few years ago. And mm. uh, anyway, yeah. we'll watch that one with interest. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, well, just yeah, go going on. on. So, a few more. So, Pro Twelve. There's a couple oh, yeah. of interesting ones. So you could go. I was thinking possibly. Re- oh, by the way, because London Tom Coventry is going to be wanting a probably going to be wanting a fly half Definitely. London Irish. So these Definitely. are all potential ones for and, them as well. And Quinns need a fly half. And as well. Worcester. And Worcester, yeah. So in the Pro 12, Sam Davies from Ospreys is an option. That's the, that's the option. Yeah, that's the one that's there. an option. Or Zebra Ooh. have got the two Italian fly halves, Carlo Canna and Kelly Haimolina. Haimolina shouldn't be playing rugby, but the other one, <laughs> the other one maybe. can play a bit. Yeah, can play a bit. And then Super Rugby. Now, if you were going to spend that 400k, you can get. Some top you could get potentially someone like Bernard Foley, Christian Leofana, uh, Bowden Barrett, um, Lima Sapanga. I think might be an interesting Sapolanga. one. Yeah, Sapolanga, sorry, because yeah. he's not likely to break into those top three, is he? He'll be probably third choice for the All Blacks behind Cruden and Bowden Barrett. But he was top point scorer. He won the Super Rugby last year. He's a great, great player. He could be very. He might have actually right, a two-year sabbatical for four hundred k a year for the right price. I think he could be a very good option. Um, Different, definitely, Brad. If you're going to spend your sterling now, spend it in South, in, in, in South Africa. You can get an awful <laughs> lot of runs, and the run depreciates about 20% every 10 years to sterling. You can get a, a lot of player for your money there. Let's get on to Super Rugby, but before we do, we'll do that via a little stash watch. we got um, Warren Mullis from the American Rugby Podcast, good friends of ours. We're hoping to see them in New York when we go out for the New York game. Uh, do you mention London we're going Irish. out to the New York game? Yeah, we're going out to New York. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, he sent us a picture of the USA rugby team all in their team swimming trunks. 
the Star Spangled Banner Speedo <laughs> pattern. <laughs> 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 they look, it looks brilliant. Yeah, you know, I'm not particularly patriotic, as you can probably tell when I talk about South Wales. But God, if I played USA rugby, I'd be so patriotic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> damn right. Right, so here we go. Then this is going to be a a moment in time and in history because JB said a few weeks ago that he would explain the format of Super Rugby on the brink of the Super Rugby season. So here we are on the brink of the Super Rugby season, or as it should be known, the Toulon Academy Tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, Tim. (laughs) Um, Where men's attack meets kids' (laughs) defence. Did you see the Toulon Academy Cup? Did you see the warm-up game between the Waratahs and the Highlanders? Oh, yeah. The The attack was incredible, but no one wanted to make a tackle. Nobody wanted to make a tackle. So, JB, let's what, how's this format work with the different the Af- Africa continent the African conference African conference so you've got four conferences from what I understand okay so you've got New Zealand you've got Australia uh, and then you've got two South African ones so the conferences comprise of five five four and four so what basically happens is the winner of each conference um, goes into a uh, goes directly into the playoffs, and then you then you go through a wild carding system when the remaining uh, remaining remaining teams are all tabulised, and from that process you then take out the the remaining teams. I want to hear Stuart Barnes use the phrase "tabulised," yeah. please, <laughs> on the coverage. Uh, the the remain the remaining teams in um, in their proportions to the size of the conferences. Does that make sense? One of the things that is important is the six five four rule. Do you know what that is, Jay? Uh, yes. Marotodji can play for England in any one of those shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. No, it means you play you play six in your own conference, five in the conference that's adjacent to you, yeah. and then four from the the remaining. Teams. It's very NFLy. Yeah, it's yes. very NFL. Yeah. Which be, I quite like actually. There'll be loads of rugby. There'll be loads of really terrible stash, and there'll be there'll be different draws as well. Uh, so you'll be playing home and away, but you won't necessarily. You might play some easier teams at, at home or more difficult teams away. JB, you know how you did a Pro Twelve update. We'll have to come up with. We'll have to between us come up with a Super Rugby update thing like. Sounds like you're the man for this. Yeah, yeah, because Toulon Academy Cup, where <laughs> where man man's off uh, attack meets kids' defence. That's very. I, I like that. And you, you're gonna, you know, you, from the people that brought you Crusaders '84, <laughs> Southern Kings '62. <laughs> uh, by the way, that. Comfortably the worst named teams ever. Yeah. The Sunwolves. Come on. Oh, the sun- oh, I, I like, I like the sun- that. What, what does it mean? I it's like, like you know, sun- like in America when they just combine like Timber and Wolves or the Bearcats or, you know, the Toad Frogs or what or what <laughs> whatever whatever it is. It's better than Rabbitos. And Rabbitos some of the yeah. ones Rabbit- they have in rugby league. What's a Waratah? Does anyone know what a Waratah is? Oh, that, oh, it's a flower. That is a Waratah. <laughs> <laughs> That, I would play for my Waratah. My word, that's inspiring. It's it's a large shrub or small tree native to southeastern parts of Australia. It's not sure if it's even a tree or a shrub. It has bright red flowers. So anyway, inspirational. A, war- a warm welcome to our Southern Hemisphere listeners. And it's your time now. Rugby starts again for you. And we can't wait to talk about the Toulon Academy Cup uh, on the podcast every to be, week. To be fair, I'm massively looking forward to this. I am. Yeah. Uh, it is cool to be watching rugby 10am. 
pre... Well, 6am in bed while oh, yes. you're sort of bleary-eyed asleep. 6am, yeah. you, you finish watching rugby at 12am, get on to Broughton Park, lose another game. That, it's, it's a wonderful way to, to spend your Saturday. Uh, and one of our good friends uh, wakes up early every Friday morning, makes himself a cooked breakfast and watches a full Super Rugby game before going to work on Friday morning flexi time so he goes Beautiful. into work an hour late oh I wonder if he works for a large bank or if he works for a, uh, a council do you know what's, do you know what's really great in the new in the new radio job that I have it, you don't work Fridays do you what? sorry no I'm going to be working Monday to Thursday oh my working. god so Friday mornings is a bit of me time with Super Rugby yeah get in that's nice right fixtures this weekend then uh, Pro 12 Premiership oh by the way we haven't really touched on the Pro 12 very much some really, really good results. Like again, the bottom teams performing really well. Scarlets had a great result. No, ter- ter- terrible result. Terrible kit. Horrific <laughs> kit. It looks like a tequila, <laughs> tequila, sunri- tequila, tequila sunrise. sunrise. Yeah, but yeah, brilliant Scar- result. Scarlets did play well, particularly in that first half. They scored a couple of very good tries, clinical, and then second half their defence also had a lot of territory in possession and just couldn't get over the line. Frust- mm. Frustrating from Ulster's point of view. Because they would have maintained uh, first place in the league. Yeah, I suppose a lot of these sides are in similar positions. Scarlet's le- probably less so in terms of missing players, which Ulster and other teams would always point to. But getting into the domestic rugby that is coming up this weekend, we start on Saturday. All the no no games on Friday because the Wales game with yeah. DJ Spoonie and the di- and the <laughs> disco at the Principality now Stadium we're talking. <laughs> under the lights. Cardiff's going to be an absolute mess, isn't it? It's, it's just going to be a war zone. It's like World War Z afterwards with all the beer that's been flowing. Good, yeah, good, they'll, good they'll, fun. They'll, but it, there'll be tears and fake town flowing down the streets. It'll be, it'll be great, great atmosphere. Um, but Sail Sharks play Saracens on Saturday lunchtime. Sail Sharks, Saracens, Saracens for me. Saracens for me as well. Oh, I would have probably said Sale if they'd have continued as they have been no. at home, yeah. but I'm going to say it's, it, it's Saracens. Saracens, it is Saracens. Northampton uh, against Worcester. Northampton to bounce back from their defeat to Newcastle. Agreed. Agreed. At Northampton. Uh, yeah. Yes. Now Worcester. Just one thing we didn't mention before. That it was the debut of uh, Francois Hugard. Yeah. Who scored a try? Yeah. And looked good. He he can be a little bit uh, inconsistent as a scrum half. But he's got pace. He's One got of a the BT Sports guys very wisely and very astutely said, "Who God will have a similar impact as um, George Smith at Wasps?" And I think that's a really good comparison. Oh no! Why? A veteran co- coming in straight away, instantly improving the team. From that point he's, of view, you can't disagree. He's not a, a veteran like Smith, though, is he? He's nowhere near the experience. No. And I would say yeah, that maybe not the, the level of upgrade they've got in that position is enormous. Like Johnny R is a really solid squad player, but for a starting player, like having an international in, yeah. class, yeah, that's yeah. huge. Yeah, the maybe. only question because he wanted to play in the Olympics in the sevens, mm. and I don't know how that scheduling is going to affect his Worcester appearances. Oh, by the way, just very very briefly, have you heard of what's happening with Quay Cooper? Nope. Quade Cooper might not be able to play for Australia in the sevens because he doesn't have an Australian passport. What? He's New still, Zealand? He's a New Zealand citizen still, and he's never actually become an Australian citizen, uh, which he will have to do to play for Australia. That <laughs> is <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Olympic rules say you have to be a citizen in the country you, you want to represent. Sta- it stacks up. Wow. Uh, Gloucester, Newcastle. 
Gloucester. Gloucester. Yeah, Gloucester. Yeah, Gloucester. Interesting Gloucester, new owners, uh, renewed kind of energy. Yeah. Could be interesting one to watch. Could be there year next year. Right, next can I just year. ask a question, Tim? Because you might know this. Your brother plays second row at Irish. Yeah. Elliot Stook, what is the crack here? So He's on his way to Bath. But is he any is he good or is he not? Um Because uh, you know Personally well no, personally he's a solid premiership squad player, that's how I would describe it. I don't think yeah. I don't think he's gonna be a starting berth for pretty much any team. This is, he's just passing maybe, through London Irish. Maybe maybe Newcastle or No, he, he is very young. He's still only twenty two. That's true. And he is six foot seven and he's a big nearly lump. twenty stone. It's a big lump. So he's got a lot of potential. He's, on he's that got side. a bit of that Ollie Cohn kind of effect. He could play in partnership with someone. Just a bit of a just a lump. Mm. Ollie, Ollie Cohn wasn't athletic. Didn't do a no. massive amount. Was just a Welsh international Ollie Cohn. Big lump, but around <laughs> but around that real quick Quinn's pack, he was really good. So maybe it'll be like that. Um, but he's going to Irish between now and going to Bath permanently. Hmm. Uh, on Sunday, Exeter Bath. Uh, Exeter. Exeter. Chiefs, Exeter. Chiefs there. Oh my word, what Definitely. is going on at Bath, eh? It's unre- I feel really sorry for Mike Ford. Yeah, he oh, mentioned you it. Said it. Uh, Henry Thomas. Like, I love his new hair, by the way. He looks like a mean mother with has that he, hair. Has he shaved it all? Shaved it off. Well, like someone that sends their kids to bed at eight. And, and he came on, and he came on <laughs> and was more dynamic than any Bath player in carry. He, he was their top carrier, having only played like 25 <sighs> minutes. Yeah. Ooh. That was a comfortable win for Wasps. Who do you think is signing these players for Bath? Because I've started to think now it's getting beyond a joke. They just seem to be buying up people for the sake of buying people and not oh, thinking what their team needs. Number eight as well. Yeah, they just keep buying eight. number eight. One more, oh, just, we'll just get one more just number one eight. one more number eight. Just one more. <laughs> yeah. There's a point I made to Jay today uh, about the Ulster centres. Ulster have got five international centres. International calibre centres. Yeah. Which means that at any one time they've got... Three international centres not in their squad. <laughs> so how can any team function without three international centres? <laughs> it's like Bath; they're going to have three international number eights yeah. not in their squad. It, it, it's madness what's going on there. It, it, I think their recruitment is all. It's just it's gone. It's gone off the rails. It's like some kid is, is buying footballers from a champ manager. <laughs> <laughs> no, no idea of like how they're going to put this squad together. They're just going to buy Ronaldo and Messi. <laughs> Uh, and then we have uh, Leicester against London Irish. That doesn't uh, get any Leicester. easier for Irish, does Leicester it? Leicester will. This will be their first win in three, won't it? First yeah. win in four. Well, I think it was pretty telling when when Ben Franks, Bin Bin Franks. He wasn't very complimentary, was he? Bin Franks, when he talked about no, he wasn't. He wasn't complimentary. He was quite realistic when he talked about the Leicester game. It was interesting. That he said, "Right, well, we've put a good show in there against Exeter. It's important that we just keep." feeling like we're moving in the right direction when we play Leicester it wasn't so yeah we're going to Leicester and we're going to try and win like we did last, last year last year yeah um, I, I hate that sort of chat you know D- uh, feeling oh, he's a, he's, he's a double World Cup winner he deserves you've got to be, anything he says has, he has to be taken respectfully you've got to be you've got to be realistic as well yeah I just don't like ugh, anyway yeah uh, have, you, have you covered off the games or is that being freaks and then uh, there's Wasps Quins which is a beaut of a game ooh Wasps to smash them but who knows if we knew no, Wasps Wasps by at least 10 yeah. Wasps the, by pleasing, 20 the pleasing thing for Quins was their scrum held up much I better. thought their scrum was going to be d- destroyed yeah I thought I heard so it was atomised yeah it was going to fold up uh, Adam Jones and put him into a bin yeah, and then pile all the other Quinns players on top, on top of, of him in that in the same, same bin. bin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it didn't happen. They they 
packed down manfully. Um, so I, I do expect Wasps to win that one. Yeah, and and just look ahead. Friday the fourth of March, Newcastle Worcester. That is an interesting matchup to to look forward to as we as we move forward to next uh, next week as well. Um, we will have two podcasts next week. Next week, week you uh, will after that, so we can get into that one a lot. Uh, as for the Pro Twelve, we've got Connor Ospreys. It's quite an interesting uh, matchup. This one Saturday evening, this seven thirty-five kickoff. Is it Saturday. interesting? I mean, it's all relative, I guess. Yeah, I think this is, is, I think this is a really good matchup. This matchup. one, uh, Ospreys Connor is interesting on an international weekend. Are you sure? I, I, you want to go with that? I see what you're saying, but. Okay. Yeah, Connor. I'm going Connor. I'm going Connor at home. Uh, yeah, I'll go with that. If are Treviso going to make it a hat trick of wins on Sunday against not Munster? Bothered. <laughs> um, I I don't think they will. No, think, no. Munster away. Uh, Edinburgh Scarlets. Okay. Scarlets possibly again. We yeah. don't lose a huge number of players, and they they were impressive Just today. Change up that that awful tequila sunrise kit. Uh, Blues Ulster. Pride. Are Ulster going to be pride? Very oh. proud. Give me Ulster. And Zeeba Leinster. Mm. <laughs> this is why it's such a great league. Ze- um. Zebra going up against the Poachers Leinster. Yeah. <laughs> the Judas Welcomers. Um, there's, right. a, there's a Thursday night game, isn't there, in, in the Pro 12? Oh, yeah, Dragons Glasgow. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Count me in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave the podcast on this note. I'm not going to say another thing after this. Can you can you come up with a worse kit matchup than Tequila Sunrise of Scarlets versus Camouflage of Edinburgh? There's some bad ones in France, like La Rochelle versus Pau. That kind of Pau, that kind of yeah. matchup. But yeah, that is a bad Exeter, Exeter Chiefs European orange and black kit versus Leicester's gingham, yeah, blanket white shirt from. Quite disgusting. Yeah, Quite disgusting. Really horrible. It, we used to talk about a golden age of stash. This, it's gone. It's dead. There's some people trying to ruin it. Uh, it's, it, it's gone, though. It's I thought dead. you weren't going to say anything else, Jay. Couldn't help himself. Which just leaves us to conclude the podcast by saying uh, that Dan Bigger is significantly worse He's than terrible. Johnny Sexton. Yeah. Without any question, Dan Bigger, most overrated player in world rugby. Yes. And uh, Him and Miles Benjamin. And... JB, your silence speaks volumes. You clearly agree. <laughs> very, very good, Tim. Uh, at Rugby Podcast, find us on Twitter. Uh, enjoy the rugby. Uh, subscribe on iTunes and on Acast. Tell your mates. Leave a review on iTunes. Oh, we did. We did. Uh, I, I'll just mention a review we got left by Simon, who said that as far as he is concerned, he, said he enjoys the podcast, etc., etc. And he says, as far as he is concerned, he actively joins in with the pod. When we announce, when we say pod, he said you must, <laughs> must shout out pod wherever you are, whatever you're doing. When you hear hands in on three at the start of every episode, Simon, uh, leave your reviews and stuff. Listen on iTunes, Acast. We'll catch you next time at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Nice one, Phil. Thank you, Tim. Damn biggest rub. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Rubbish, isn't he, JB? Don Biggs is a saint. <laughs> Don Biggs is a saint. <laughs> See you next time.